Physical cyberconvergence doesn't mean that you have to start off and only stay in your lane. This week, we're looking at why physical specialists shouldn't be afraid of technology and cyber. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Welcome to the Circuit Magazine podcast. You're here with Pelham Rowe, Sean West, John Moss, and Elijah Shaw. This week, we've got a special look at JISEC, the only physical security expo to take place in December in the world. I was there. I interviewed two specialists who started life off in the world of physical security and ended up in the world of cyber and digital security. We're talking about Nathan Swain, who is currently a chief information security officer, but started off in the military simply in the world of physical security. And we're meeting Brian Seeley, who is now famous for ethically hacking the FBI and Secret Service and reporting his findings back to them. But another person who was a physical specialist moved into the SIGINT and digital world. Elijah. Hopefully, this is a glimmer of hope for why convergence and hybridization of events and technology is upon us. Well, I mean, this event actually sounds pretty interesting just because you guys were able to pull it off safely. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that. But also, I mean, the guys that you interviewed, you know, what's great about our industry is there's so many different facets and so many different lanes. And so when you've got people that are uh, specialists in their areas, and they're talking about topics that, you know, I've got very little or limited understanding about, uh, I'm all ears. Absolutely. Because, John, we never started out in any one area. We had to learn it. Um, so, so, so are things looking up for the future of events, for example? Wait a minute, Pollum. You went to an event. Yeah, I was You hosted there. an event. I was. Wait, I, I think this is what we need to be talking about, first of all. Like, how did that work? Okay, good question. I was a little bit skeptical at first. I uh, run this yearly event, uh, JISEC, in the UAE, and it had, was put off and put off and put off from COVID. But the Dubai authorities said, you know what? Let's make a secure and safe event because, of course, they can use all 19 halls of the Dubai World Trade Center. And let's make it uh, a, a really big success. So co-located, we had the first ever Israeli-UAE summit. That was fascinating. I've never seen something like that before because only four days earlier, the borders opened. And my event basically looked at the future of cybersecurity, the future of corporate security. And yeah, sure, we were socially distanced with the chairs. We were socially distanced with our staff and we were wearing very, very uh, you know, hardcore masks, but we pulled it off. And uh, yeah, the the audience was predominantly local, but it was a big demonstration that something like that is possible. When I came back to the UK, I immediately smelt that the atmosphere was different. Um, and, and, and so I decided it was my mission to infuse positivity and optimism, uh, especially in the security industry, that, that, that good times are just around the corner. Wow. So a glimpse of the future then, perhaps? I think so. I think... Uh, safe, secure, and responsible networking and events uh, 
are possible. I've seen it, and I, I really think it's just around the corner. And perhaps the parallels with physical and cyber convergence are uncanny because physical specialists now have a lot of time on their hands to train, to add new strings to their bow. And on the Circuit Magazine podcast, we've been talking about some of those skills, including medical skills, including technology skills. And even here on the podcast, we've all had to learn media skills and editing skills. Um, Sean, what, what, do you, what do you think about this? What are you most looking forward to hearing? Fantastic. You've done a physical event. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do, networking across the industry, going out, seeing new things that's coming out, meeting new people. And what the pandemic has given us, it's given us a lot of new skills. You know, we can carry out things over Zoom now, as we're currently doing things over Teams. But you can't really take away or replace what you receive during a physical event by looking someone in the eye, shaking their hands. So it's great that you've done that. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. But with a big disclaimer, I didn't do any handshaking. That's the one thing that was very unusual. It was it, it was really tempting, but but we successfully stayed distant. But you said this was a hybrid event, right? And this was in Dubai. So what does that mean? Is that like holograms and stuff? No, I was physically there. Of course, I had my wonderful wasabi up the nose COVID test. But when I was out there, um, and I'm sure you, you know everyone who's had a test knows why I'm talking about wasabi. Um, I was out there and we found it a bit unfair to bring people from Australia and New Zealand and some, some people from the States. So they came in as virtual speakers. And also on the panel, we had physical uh, panelists. Uh, one of the people that I'm interviewing on this uh, session, Brian Seeley, he flew all the way from Seattle. So, so really pleased about that. Uh, but, but, but yeah, predominantly a local audience, but it was a secure, safe success. Yeah, amazing. I'm really looking forward to listening to the interviews as well, because, you know, like you said, both these guys came from a physical world originally and have transitioned across and have, by all accounts, done so pretty successfully. And I think that we're living in, an, in a time right now where this opportunity exists, but I don't necessarily see that it will in the future. You know, right now, there's a huge opportunity for anybody with security knowledge and a thirst for technology to to make that transition is, is is that fair do you get a sense of that i think so because every generation has some skills that the last one didn't but there's always people at any age that has something over everybody else um elijah obviously you know this is this is a bit of a different field but what do you think are there lots of skills that some protectors have that just put them head and shoulders above the rest uh, whereas other people are just too afraid? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think uh, the great thing about a podcast like this, different, the event that you went to in question, is that it bridges the gap. And so the only thing that we need to do is, as protectors is to be aware of our limitations. So a lot of times we kind of say, oh, I can do this, I can do this. The client, the phone rings, and we go, yep, we can do it. And then we're stuck. So once we're aware of our limitations, then we can seek out some sources That'll help educate us, uh, you know, show us where the bar is set at. And then, of course, we can bring in specialists as needed. Perfect. All right. Let's hear from Nathan Swain, the former British military officer who has moved into the world of cybersecurity and who is now a chief information security officer. And 
And now, let's meet one of the contributors to The Circuit magazine. Welcome to a Circuit Magazine podcast with Nathan Swain, Senior Security Advisor. We're live at JISEC UAE in Dubai, and it's a physical event, one of the first physical events uh, since all the lockdowns have happened. It's a pleasure to welcome you, Nathan. Thank you very much, Phil. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and uh, also to be in Dubai, also at a great event. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Lots going on. Um, of course, many people in the physical security world or bodyguard world would wonder, you know, what is it of interest, you know, that we are at an information security expo? Um, but actually, your background is quite unique or quite interesting, shall we say. Would you, would you, would you tell us a little bit about uh, your work? Yeah, sure. So, uh, presently, I'm working in the technical security field. But however, my background and my start in security was in the physical security world. So, you know, I have a mixture of both areas and, uh, you know, there's a lot of parallels between the two, actually, uh, which are not obvious on the surface, but, um, you know, there's definitely parallels between the two, the two worlds. Yeah, awesome. Well, that sort of crossover is, is of great interest. Many people talk of convergence. Some people are a bit tired of the buzzword, but um, at least uh, working a bit more effectively together. How, how would uh, somebody make the jump between physical to information or, or is it even a jump is it just another string to their boat that's, that's a really good really good area of discussion actually um, you know from my own experience it's it's literally adding another string to your boat you know you have to build that boat you know you have to you have to study you have to get certifications um, and it is adding new strings to your boat different skill sets so for example you know with physical security you may have a martial arts background, um, or more commonly a, a military background, or also you know police police uh, services background, for example. But however, if you want to go into you know technical field, you'd have to have more strings to your bow, and adding those is just a case of doing courses and studying. So it, it is a very additional step to the security career in my in my view. You know, it's it's an extra step. And there's, and there's lots of parallels between, you know, physical security and cyber security um, that, that are not obvious, but they will be more obvious to someone uh, from physical security or, you know, the armed forces, for example. There's lots of friends who transitions across from the armed forces and I've actually helped with that transition. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a natural transition and it is just like adding a string to the bow. If you're willing to do it, you know, you can add it. It's, well, you, you say it's a natural transition, but you know, many many physical specialists are a little bit intimidated, uh, or at least confused as to where to start. And you mentioned certifications. I mean, there are lots of bodies. In fact, it's quite bamboozling. We've got all the different certification bodies out there, and should should they just start on some sort of information technology course? I mean, what, where where can they start? Yeah, that, that's probably the the hardest part of making a transition or, or you know, re reskilling. Um, because there are so many areas that you can you can look at. Um, you know, you have deep technical areas and then you have the really light touch risk management areas. But essentially 
the principles of security, physical security, are, are embedded in the technical space as well. And it kind of would depend on your, your want and desire for how deep you want to go technical. If you wanted to go high-level risk management, understanding threats, you know, the controls to protect against those threats. Yeah, and this is more of risk management. You don't have to be a technical specialist to understand that because you will have technical people working for you. But if you do like the technical side, you can go as deep as you want. You can go right to applying that methodology, a way of looking at, you know, red team and blue teaming into coding, you know, so you can go, and that's the deepest side of it, really. And that's what, uh, you know, people who get hands-on with computing do, you know, the coders. But you don't have to be a coder, you know. So at the start, yeah, absolutely. When I've done that transition, it is, it is a big jump, you know. It is a big jump. You feel that. But the more effort you put into it, the more you realize, actually, it's not such a big, big jump. It is just reskilling or adding extra skills to your boat. If you keep that mindset, where you just want to add new skills, you know, you you will progress fast, especially from a security background because, you know, working in the security background, a lot of my colleagues that are still, still you know, working in those areas are very dedicated to what they do. And you don't often find that in the technical space. So actually guys in the physical space have a lot more to give than even the guys who are in the technical space. So... You know, you really have to remember that and keep it, you know, top of mind. If you're looking to do the transition, because it will help you with the energy and momentum to do it. No, I like that. And, and, and of course, some people have said, you know, social engineering is the, uh, the poor man's or poor woman's side of security because it's just about uh, psychology or observations. Um, but it's just actually another area of it. I think the people that are saying that are sort of technical snobs and... Uh, and, and, and I think increasingly that the world is not sort of tolerating that because, you know, just because you're in the risk management side in a, in a high level role, it doesn't mean that you're any less valuable or any less part of the food chain. Yeah, this is, this is true. And, um, you know, in all industries, we do find people who, you know, don't have the right attitudes and, you know, there's, there's not much we can do about that. But, uh, so, so my transition in, into cyber, um, my main skill that I really shone through on was social engineering. So before I went into cyber security, you know, I did arm myself with some more skills. You know, I studied networking, telecommunications, the principles of communications, um, how the technology works in terms of signaling. So I, I studied that and got certified in that. That was my sort of first entry point. Um, and then after that, I wanted to learn more about security, in particular hacking, actually. So I focused on how to breach systems, how to analyze systems, weaknesses in communication protocols, you know, wiretapping, man-in-middle attacks, how they work, how you can really mess up a network if you don't do it properly. <laughs> You know, there's, there's so many areas, um, but with working with different people in the industry, you know, there's not too many people who, 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 are, who are snobs actually within security. You, you tend to find people that have a passion for it, just as in the physical security world. 
but it's more technical. Um, don't you know? Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I myself have absolutely no technical background, so I don't even have the rights to even bring up these, uh, you know, insults to the world of social engineering that, 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 that seem to be part of the snobbery and the technorati or something. I don't know. And I, I just mention it because the physical security specialists out there might think I can't advance uh, far enough, and and I think I think that you know you're proving. Uh, and you have proved that you can. You can, of course. You can. You can uh, transition across. It's a natural path, you know, if you're willing to to study out of hours. So, for example, my physical security, I've done uh, close protection. You know, I've run teams on doors in clubs with friends. Um, I've done that for nearly ten years, actually, um, when I started out, and I was working during the day as well. You know, throwing in fiber cables, not doing anything, telling really basic stuff, and you can transition across if you really want to. It's it's easier for those from from the forces, I would say, from my experience. You know, particularly from the guys working in in SIGINT, signals intelligence, etc., because there is open doors for people in you know train intelligence now and so on. So it's an easier transition for those coming across from from intelligence backgrounds, um, from physical security. If you've not touched any technology before, um, it would feel like a steep learning curve, but there are easy ways in. And the way to do it is to just focus on a particular area. So say, for example, you know, we've mentioned risk management, but there's also vulnerability management. So vulnerability management is essentially, you know, if you imagine you know, you're doing a physical reconnaissance of the premises before you're going to put a team in place, you would understand you know, where the ingress and egress points are you know, where your CCTV is, you know, if you've got motion detectors, and where you don't have those things, you know, you do, do a risk assessment on them. And this is very natural for people in the security space. Now, that transitions to technology because essentially in technology, they're doing exactly the same thing. So let me give you an example of that. So say, for example, we're looking together at a big banking system. Okay, we need to know all of the ingress and egress points of data. We need to know is there anyone, you know, like manning the doors? Are there any firewalls in place? Um, you know, is, is that person on the door fit for purpose? Does he have someone backing him up? Is, is there a medic in place? So with your firewalls, you would check, like, the rule sets. You know, is there two firewalls? You know, you'd also do your, um, your principal um, assessment. You know, who is the principal? What's he doing? What's his threats, threat assessments? Understand how to protect your principal. And then, and then subtly apply your security controls, you know, after that. So, you know, there's, there's, so, there's so much shared, actually, between the physical and the cyber. You know, it's, um, and I guess, I guess the technorati or the snobbery, it's, you know, I've seen it as well. It's kind of people who are trying to defend their turf. And to be fair, I've also seen it in, in bodyguarding. You're trying to get into bodyguarding where, you know, because I'm not a, a massive dude and, um, you know, I come from, you know, 20 plus years martial arts experience so yeah both sides can be a little bit of filtering a little bit of funny attitude but it, it's really important to ignore that especially if you want to trans transition into something else and challenge yourself you know it's, it's definitely there's open doors and um you know it, there's there's ways to there's ways to transition <clears throat> well no i'm i think it's awesome because you have that experience and you've come out the other side with a great success story in the other side of security so uh, younger colleagues coming up, you know, they have something 
to aim for. And I guess we won't be talking about purely physical, purely digital uh, in, in the future. I mean, the bad guys don't. The bad guys uh, don't really care. They want what they want, and they, they don't care. They don't differentiate. Um, but us being at Jansec is really kind of cool because we get to see all this with a regional flavor. Um, is there anything regionally going on in the field of convergence, um, or is it exactly the same as we find anywhere else? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think that, you know, given our geography being, being in the Middle East, it is kind of an epicenter or... You know, it's literally, it sounds very obvious geographically to say, you know, this is the point between the East and the West. So naturally, there is a lot happening here. And it's a very, very busy area in a good way, in a very good way. Um, so there's a lot of energy here, uh, a lot of change. In terms of convergence, I think it's, it's pretty similar. Um, for example, uh, Dubai police are very ahead of the game. The, the, you know, the security services within cyber are excellent. They're, they're very, very good here, very, very good. And the, uh, the TRA as well, the regulatory authority, you know, again, absolutely impeccable. So, you know, for, for, you know, presence within the Middle East, you know, this, this area is really leading it. I mean, they're really ahead of the game. But one thing they really do well, which I admire, still admire so much, is, is the collaboration, international collaboration and innovation. So they, they partner with different countries and really try to embrace the latest technologies and just go for it. If they think it's a good idea, it's just, we're going to do it. And they do it straight away. There's not um, any elongated... Uh, approvals uh, or red tape bureaucracy, which you might see in other systems and societies where there's a little bit more checks and balances. The checks and balances here, a lot of it's digital, a lot of it's automated, and um, it's a very fast place to, uh, to experience and work in for sure. Well, I'm certainly excited to be here. I'm excited to uh, be at a physical event outside of lockdown. Uh, not that I have not enjoyed all the virtual events. You've very kindly spoken on a number of them, so thank you very much. Um, but, uh, but, but yes, no, this is uh, a very interesting segment, and I'm, I'm glad we get to do this interview not uh, through Zoom in a nice, crisp and polished audio format, but, you know, a nice off-the-hoof, uh, you know, rough-and-ready format at JISEC uh, in Dubai. Um, Nathan, uh, what's, what's next for you? Uh, so at present, I'm involved in uh, two startups. Uh, so one is within the security space, uh, and another one is within the uh, finance space. So yeah, nice. More, more to come soon. More to come. We'll, 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 we'll hopefully get you physically over to some of the London events and um, maybe uh, contributing to the Sega magazine in the future. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And now let's hear from Brian Seeley, the man who hacks the FBI and Secret Service. You can't be at the top of the physical game. You just can't. There's always some kid who's going to be smaller, faster, stronger, whatever. Find a way to be as multifaceted of a Renaissance person as possible, starting with networking concepts starting with radio frequency stuff, figure out what the first, like find somebody to emulate, go figure out what he knows and then go learn it. Okay, you've kind of given me a wonderful angle to then ask you, 
Who are you trying to emulate? When you have so many different areas, uh, a good one would be Joe Rogan for me. I'm working on a podcast. I'm working on media stuff. Uh, figuring out how to be an interesting person while not being cocky, while being humble, while being interesting and being funny, but also being able to propel and prop other people up. And it's not all about me. So going around here in Dubai where I'm being treated like a celebrity, oftentimes I'm trying to deflect that because I don't like, hey, I don't want the ego. One of the, one of the uh, Marcus Aurelius, I believe, one of the Roman leaders, Caesars, he hired someone to walk behind him and tell him constantly, you're not a god, you're just a man. You're not a god, you're just a man. Keep him grounded. I try to stay grounded and make jokes about myself. My kids are, just think I'm their dad. They don't care that I'm famous. And they every so often it pops up and they're like, why did I see a YouTube video with you in it? Why did I see you? On, why are you all over the internet? Well, I'm famous. It doesn't really mean anything. Find, develop skills. And I changed my definition of success to success equals usability. Being useful in as many ways as possible to fellow humans. Not money, not car, not watch, not house. It's all about interactions with people. And you can, from a physical security standpoint, you can talk your way out of things much easier than beating up everybody in your way. Well, I'm sure I'm sure both can work, but you know, a little bit of honey never hurts. Um, and, and you bring up this really important point, and I think this is fun. Many people end up saying, I'm gonna go be a YouTube star, I'm gonna tell people how to do their jobs, right? Nobody wants that, especially on your free time. So what are you gonna do? I like what you said, learn how to communicate, learn how to add value. Go watch, um, if you wanna go be a YouTube star, you wanna do, media or communicate, go watch Spice of the Hot Wings YouTube channel. The guy asks the best questions in the world. And everyone he's ever had on there is constantly saying, whoa, that's a really good question. I've never heard that before. Wow, you're a really good interviewer. He takes his time. He does his homework. He does his research. It's the people who are willing to do the work who will go a lot farther. You're going to hire the guy who's an expert in a subject rather than the kid who's just like, eh, whatever, doesn't care about it. It's okay to care about something and put a lot of effort into it and to work really hard. Having that work ethic is really important. There's a culture in the United States, especially, of you want to have the results, but you don't want people to see you trying. And I don't understand it. I try really hard and it's, it takes a lot of stuff off camera to make on camera work. You can't just throw something together. Steven Spielberg, these guys aren't successful because they're just naturally good at it. They work really hard. They practice. They plan stuff out. So when it's time to shoot, it's go time. Well, I'll tell you what. JSEX has been awesome. We've had hybrid. We've had physical. We've had a lot of interaction. It's been really great. What's your final impressions uh, of this type of event? Is the future hybrid? Do you care? Is it an important subject? Um, what, what are your impressions? I think but primarily people still like in-person. Humans are hardwired to want connection and want physical face-to-face -face time, and there's nothing better than that. But in the interest of preservation and preservation of society and the good of everybody, I think it's very important that we're taking precautions and Yes, I think the pandemic, uh, the response is a good idea. Lockdowns and social isolation, it sucks, but we can get through it. That way, a majority of us can make it through it rather than 
not. I, I would, human life is precious, so it's worth protecting. Hybrid solutions, I don't know, the conferences, a lot of people who are doing these virtual presentations just aren't good at it. And the second there's on a screen, people are on their phones. But if there's a person in front of you, it, it would be rude and people end up paying attention more. So if you're good at presenting and it's the only possible way to have some perfect speaker, great. But I think, I think this is the way to go in person stuff. It's nothing better. All right. And I know I haven't prepared you for this. I just want a quick reflection impression because we have a lot of bodyguards. I know we got a lot of corporate security watching or listening, but what top tips could you have for bodyguards coming up? You know, what are they going to have to watch out for, especially when they're dealing with all this new technology? I thought I'd just bring it on you. Uh, well, one thing from this conference is really especially, uh, if you notice, all of the entry points have forward-looking infrared, FLIR, F-L-I-R cameras, because they're looking for explosives and all sorts of other things for protecting a very, very groundbreaking summit of Israeli and Arab nations. It's the first time it's happened, and this is like a week shift within a week or two all of a sudden it's happening yeah and they're trying to protect their ho their guests it would make them look bad for not protecting them so they're stepping it up and every single entry point egress and ingress has FLIR cameras in addition to very highly trained officers and people and other security points so there's multiple layers of physical security how are you going to pretend that you don't want to know this stuff or can't know this stuff it's not complicated. It's a very, we're not asking you to build the machine, just use it. It's a whole different thing. Can you build a car? No, that's, that would be a nightmare. But can you drive a car? Yes, because it's become commonplace. That's how commonplace cybersecurity stuff will be. And chances are you already know some of the concepts. Two-factor authentication is just a debit card and a PIN number. That's what that is. Understanding all the stuff behind it, you don't have to. You just know how to turn it on, put the cables down, follow instructions, and suddenly you're using technology and cybersecurity as part of your tool set. Just don't be afraid. You should, you're should. you the one who's not supposed to be afraid of stuff. Why are you being afraid of stuff? I love it. They're the intimidating people. They know how to act. I love it. This is great. I'm glad I asked you that. It's a wonderful walkthrough. We've just been going through the Dubai World Trade Center, and uh, we, we, we're going to finish up there, I think. But you know, Brian, it, it, it's awesome to, to welcome you, and, and it's been great to get to know you. Let's, uh, let's see you again in another location, and uh, thanks very much for your time. Cheers, thank you. So I'd love to still be on the beach in Dubai. No, I mean at the event in Dubai. Uh, but, but, but I think it's proven that, uh, you know, hybrid events can work. Uh, especially in this, uh, you know, pandemic environment. John, uh, are we going to see more of them? Do you want to do hybrid events? Yeah, I want to do hybrid events on the beach. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, very fortunate. I'm incredibly envious that A, you got to travel and B, you got to actually be in a social environment. And, you know, what C, that you were able to participate in something that was really successful. I think that's fantastic. And do I think there's a future for these kind of events? Yes, absolutely. Why not? You know, I mean, we've been doing both. So, you know, we're all used to physical attendance events. We know what we get out of those and we're all longing for them to return. But, you know, hybrid events, perfect way to capture both. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. And of course, you know, through the Circuit Magazine events, we went virtually to West Africa. Uh, it's not that we can't do it, but but it's better to perhaps make friends first before we do our first West African event, just as we might do maybe a Mexican event or maybe a thematic event uh, or, or, or or some other topic that would be hard to you know achieve without without first making uh, you know a good number of friends. Um, and you joke about the beach. However, maybe that's a sign of where we need to take all events and experiences. If people are going to get out of bed to go to an event, it has to have a bit of pizzazz. Does that mean uh, more drinks receptions? Does that mean more interactivity? Uh, something special? Maybe, maybe you know, more things in museums. Who knows? But I think the future is all to play for. So we've got a lot coming up, lots of activity on the app. Thank you very much. Lots of great uh, members only commenting and people helping each other out. I think that's really key. Um, we, we, we've seen some great new articles in the uh, magazine. Of course, that wonderful uh, two-parter, Kidnap and Ransom, uh, was uh, you know very, very exciting and, and, and valuable for the community. Um, what about you, John? What's, what's, uh, what's your week looking like? Uh, systems and processes. That's what I'm focusing on at the moment, Palom. Um, you know, we've, we've got always so much going on. We're producing so much content and, uh, you know, trying to add to BBA Connect all the time and engage with our members. So, you know, it's really important that I can focus on those things and try to make life a little bit more manageable, you know, because it's, uh, uh, building our business around a community means it's very dynamic and it, it, it's a live affair. It's moving, it's changing. There's, yeah, you'd you know, be good some... like that. People have had a, a serious question about their career and then you're, you're there, I'm there, other people in the community immediately there to help them. Absolutely. That's what we try to do. We try to keep it fresh. We're trying to keep it lively. We're trying to move the conversation along and bring people in all the time. But behind that, you know, we've still got our regular commitments. We've still got to produce our content. We're still working on the magazine. We're still working on the next event. We're still working on the next podcast. And so I guess there's a lot going on there. And we just have to make sure that we keep uh, on top of all of that. And, and for me, my approach is being kind of a fingers crossed one. Uh, and, it, and it's working, but it's a little bit stressful. And, I, and I've just said to myself, you know what, I'm going to commit to getting some processes down. And, and what about yourself? What are you up to? For me, it's all about the events uh, and uh, you know various various interviews. Um, I've uh, got a big, big uh, event on the 2nd of April for the Southwest uh, United States uh, looking at corporate security modernization. Uh, yeah, sure, I will be welcoming our you know, friends from the EP world that we know and love, but I'm hoping to get some of those big name companies that you know, end users to talk about what it is they're trying to solve in the world of corporate security modernization. Much like I've done this uh, series in the tri-state area or maybe in the DMV for Washington, D.C. That was very timely just before the election. Uh, but but uh, but but yes, 2nd of April, if you're in the Southwest uh, or you're interested in the Southwest, then absolutely love, love, love to hear you. It, it, it sounds like a call to action. There we go. Yes. And, and, and I, obviously it doesn't mean if you're in Senegal that you can't come because it's virtual. So you know, uh, if you're listening, uh, you're welcome, Senegal. Well, this has been great. Hybrid events, Dubai, physical cyber convergence. What a collection of topics. It's been a pleasure. And I, I look forward to welcoming everyone next week for the Circuit Magazine podcast. 
You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.